Hi, greetings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is uh, definitely, this is the day that the Lord has made. Today, it is my privilege and a blessing to bring to you the Word of God. Today, I believe that the Lord has placed a very important message for you and for me in every household. So may I encourage you, just lend me your ears just for 30 minutes so that I believe that after, towards the end of the message, I believe that the Spirit of God will do something and amazing in your life. The scripture that uh, we have today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23, verse 13. And these are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourself do not enter, nor will you let those who enter who are trying to. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for your word, because your word is spirit, your word is life, Lord. Even as we proclaim your word, Lord, we pray it will accomplish all that you have desired in the hearts, in the lives, in the homes of your people. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The message and the title today is entitled, Religion Must Go. In fact, originally, I had another title which says that God hates religion. And let me tell you the background of Matthew 23. It is after so many of the religious leaders have come to test Jesus. They were envious of Jesus, of the way that he attracted the crowd and the way of his miracles and his healing and the words that he spoke with such authority. He was doing something all the religious teachers were not doing. And this brought into mind uh, also Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The same context in Matthew chapter 11 is almost the same in Matthew chapter 23. Jesus was addressing a group of people who appeared to be very religious, very spiritual, and very holy. And this is something that is so important for us to know why Jesus proclaimed the seven woes in Matthew chapter 23 from verse 13 onwards. Seven times he spoke woe, and woe is a very severe uh, denunciation of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all the religious leaders at that time. We see in this verse that Jesus is not angry at sinners. Jesus, in fact, loved sinners and Jesus welcomed and attracted sinners. But Jesus came and directly attacked the religious establishment. Religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, the Zealots, the Herodians, and everyone who opposed him, everyone who misinterpret the reason for his coming. So what I will just state here, the main 
theme for the Word of God today is that Jesus did not come to start a religion, nor be the founder of a religion. In fact, he came to re-establish and to extend the kingdom of heaven on earth, to reconnect us back to our king and to restore us back to our original purpose as rulers on earth. His kingdom territory on his behalf. What is religion? Religion is defined as the adherence to a set of beliefs that regulate the moral, social, and ritualistic behavior of the individual. And we know that all over the world, we have seen what religion can do. Let me begin to tell you a reality. Religion is the most powerful force on this earth. It can be used for good. It can be also used for harm. We can see with your own eyes that religion is the cause of so much conflict, suffering, wars, terrorism, competition within and without, discrimination, injustice, prejudice, family disunity all over the world. Look at even our own country. Religion has also been used as a tool to divide, to conquer, to discriminate. And this is where Jesus purposefully came to dispel the ideal of religion. Jesus came to attack religion and says, I didn't come to start any religion. It is not from me. I came to establish, I came to call each one of you back to the kingdom. Religion enslaves us and put fear in us. We try to please God. We try to do a lot of good things, hoping that God will protect us. God will provide our needs. God will not allow uh, bad things to happen in our life. And religion also is the cause of so much competition, even between religions and even within religion. We see how people hurt each other even within their own religion, how people are oblivious to the sanctity of life. Whereas in the kingdom of God, life is precious because life does not belong to us. Life belongs to God. And so, aren't we surprised when we see many people, even especially the younger generation, they are dropping out. They are exiting from the religion uh, group because they say, I have enough of religion. They say one thing, but they, but they do another thing. And this is an indictment, not only of religions, but even of our Christian faith. If we have brought down the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom to a mere religion, that is where we have a problem with the next generation believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where we lost out on other generations. We have seen many times children Sons and daughters, they walk away from the faith. Why? Because they see their parents. They see other people who seem to be religious, just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who are called, who go to church, who carry the Bible, but yet they live their life a double life. They live their life in detrimental to the message of the kingdom of God, which is a life of holiness, a life of peace, a life of morality, a life of righteousness, a life of justice and obeying God. This is something for us to consider, brothers and sisters. 
parents, brothers and sisters, Christians, how are you and I living our lives in the marketplace, in your home, in the marriage, husbands and wives? We know there are many spouses who are praying for the salvation of their spouses. But first of all, let's begin to check ourselves. Are you part of a religion? Have you joined a religious group? Exit the group today. That's why the message today is religion must go because God hates religion. Jesus came to attack religion because religion keeps us from knowing the kingdom, from entering the kingdom and enjoying the rights, the benefits and the privileges of being in the kingdom of God. And so we know that even the church should not be a religious body. The church should not be a religious institution. The church should not be a hiding place, but the church should be a place of discipling, of training, of equipping, so that we can be sent out as kingdom ambassadors for Jesus Christ. So religion is what we do before we find the kingdom of God. So today, let me tell you, if religion must go, then what must come? It is the kingdom mandate. It is the kingdom living and kingdom mission that should be emphasized. I said this during the equip class and I'm going to say it right now that we have missed out on the privilege of being royal family, kings and queens before us. And if we declare that Jesus is king of kings, we need to... To, to, to begin to question, Jesus is king of which king? If you are to look, come back to the word of God. Jesus is king over you and I because we are the small capital kings. We are the small capital queens for our Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus is king over us as kings, we are living the life of the kingdom of heaven here on planet earth as originally planned by God when he created. And that plan was disrupted by the serpent when he caused Adam and Eve to fail. But Jesus came to restore us back and to give us back our authority and the power that is due to us. Let me give you a good definition of kingdom. A good kingdom of kingdom is that it is the sovereign rule and governing influence of a king over his territory or over his domain, impacting it with his personal will, with his purpose and intent. And it produces a culture, values, morals and lifestyle that reflects the king's desire and nature for his citizens. And we see that even in Luke chapter 16, verse 16, it says that the law and the prophets were until John, which is John the Baptist. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God has been proclaimed and everyone is urged to enter it. So what Jesus is saying is that the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist. Since then, when Jesus came here, the King has come on planet Earth, the King of Heaven. Jesus is bringing back all His fellow kings, His small kings, His queens to say, take up your position, take back your role, take back your mission on planet Earth to represent the Kingdom of Heaven on Earth here. 
And how do we enter the kingdom of God? Again, it is through repentance. And repentance is a very powerful word. It means metanoia in Greek. And sometimes we think repentance is just being sorry for our life. Repentance is more than that when we, when in terms of the kingdom of God. Repentance means there is a total change in our mindset, change in perspective in seeing that the kingdom of heaven wants to come down to planet earth. And God wants to use you and I, not anybody else, but you and I to be his kingdom heralders, his kingdom proclaimers, his kingdom citizens on earth to declare, to display, to model a culture just like heaven. We know that we were once under the British rule. And under the British rule, what was the culture in England? became the culture here in Malaysia. They drank tea. We drink tea today. We drink a lot of tea. They drove on the left side. We also drive on the, on the left side. They also, they speak English. We also speak English. And there are many things that the culture, when we were under the British rule, came over here. The same thing in the kingdom of God. God wants the culture of heaven to come here. And what is the culture of heaven that God wants to come here? It is a culture of justice. It is a culture of peace. It's a culture of righteousness, a culture of love. It's a culture of reflecting God, reflecting the image of God. That's why you and I, we are image bearers in many, many ways. We have been gifted with authority and power to act on behalf of the King of Heaven here on planet Earth. A kingship is very important in understanding kingdom because a king is not voted in just like a democracy. Here, the king choose the citizens and we are chosen through accepting our Lord Jesus Christ. A king also is, the word is law. We cannot argue with the word of the king. A king's authority is absolute. We cannot challenge the king's authority. A king never changes his mind. Whenever he decrees something, it is done. A king owns everything. Brothers and sisters, if we say that we belong to the kingdom of God, then the word of God, the kingdom law, the constitution, the Bible is the constitution, cannot be challenged. If people if you and I have a problem with the Word of God, if God says adultery is a sin, fornication is a sin, homosexuality is a sin, then if people will be challenge us, we say, you don't have a problem with us, you have a problem with God, the King. So it's so important that when we have a stalemate, when there is an argument of why certain sins are wrong, we have to go back to the constitution of the kingdom, the Bible, and say because the king says it is wrong. He is the source of all righteousness, justice and goodness and wisdom. So you don't and I have to argue with people because we just have to point to the word, the constitution, and we have to point to God. The king says it is sin, it is wrong. Go away from it, resist it, and live a life that is holy before God. That's why the Bible is not a religious book, but contains the constitution of the kingdom of God. The Bible actually is about a king, a kingdom, 
and his royal family. It was never meant to be a book of do's and don'ts, of rules and regulation, of rituals and prohibition. That is the accusation that people make about the Bible, that Christianity is hard. It's never meant to be. Because when we have the Holy Spirit, which is the governor of the kingdom, dwelling in us, dwelling in the church, 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 1 Corinthians 6.19, it just says that the conviction of God will come upon us when we begin to obey the laws of the kingdom, the word of the king. Let me tell you something very important. Why are we so important to God as the king? Why is our role in the kingdom of God where Jesus has come to set us free? Because when Jesus went to the cross, it was for the very purpose to release the potential in us, to bring us back to our original mission and calling on planet Earth. That is to be, to rule on His behalf, to display the glory of God and to glorify God in our lives, in wherever God has positioned us. I like the parable of the yeast. You know, we, we did that in our connect group. In a parable of the yeast where Jesus likened a woman we're talking about the kingdom of God who took a little bit of yeast and placed it into three measures of flour, which is a lot of flour. And the yeast began to work in the flour. And then Jesus says, that is what the kingdom of God. It means, talk about the power of the yeast. Can you see yourself, brothers and sisters, kingdom citizen, that we are yeast? For Jesus Christ. What is a yeast? A yeast is so small compared to the dough or to the flour, but its influence is so powerful that it affects the whole flour, causing it to rise and to become bread. And like yeast in a dough, the kingdom of God will eventually permeate the entire world. The yeast will eventually mix with the, all the dough, so that every part of the dough will have yeast. That is what God wants us to be. God wants us to be in the world, but not of the world, so that we can influence the world and impact the world with the culture, with the values, with the morality of heaven. Do we know that yeast by itself is useless unless we are placed into the dough? The dough is the world. And that is so important. You and I have been called to go into the world. That is the mission, the commission that God has got. And what are we to do in the world? We are to proclaim that the king has come. And the king is having a wedding feast and inviting each one of you to join the feast. Receive back your rightful inheritance. Receive back your rightful position as rulers on planet Earth. So you and I, we are of no use to God if we do not use, be useful yeast before God. And yeast, once it is entered into the flour, into the dough, cannot be removed because it has already gone in. So brothers and sisters, you and I, God has specially chosen you and I to be a yeast in the marketplace, a yeast in the school, a yeast in your neighborhood, a yeast in your community, a yeast among your relatives and family, so that you and I will begin to reflect and influence others with the light, the truth of God, with the peace of God, with the love of God, with the morals of God, and with the righteousness 
of God. Do you know that every Sunday is a gathering, you know, when we meet physically or online, it's a gathering of all the yeast. But do you know that the gathering of the yeast is just to worship, is just to celebrate? And what happens after Sunday? God is more excited about Monday to Saturday because this is where the yeast gets out of the church. This is where the yeast is used for what it is called to do. And so it's so important, very important. If you are there, you want to type in the chat, I am a yeast. And do you know a yeast is very powerful? So sometimes we can be so afraid, especially parents, especially some religious, sometimes we have this religious thought in us. You know, what if I go there and they influence me? They influence my children. No. God says, as yeast, we are the more powerful influence because we carry the Holy Spirit with us. Every time yeast goes out, we carry the kingdom of God. The realm of God, the authority of God is with us. We bring and declare. We change the atmosphere. We change the environment of every place that we go. I'm so excited to be a yeast for our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't make small or belittle your effect, your impact, your influence where God has spoken about. Don't allow the enemy to deceive you, but rise up and says, wherever there's a difficult situation in your office, in the home, begin to declare when you are going to go out, I am a yeast. I am a kingdom citizen. Watch out. The yeast is coming. The kingdom of God is working through me and through my life, in my marriage, in my home, in my ministry. Do you know that in the parable of the weeds and the tares, in Matthew chapter 13 onwards, also, this also was speaking about the kingdom of God, that we are the good seed that Jesus has planted everywhere. God has planted you everywhere to begin to bring the good news of the kingdom, to begin to represent the kingdom of God. There is another kingdom that is better and that will outlast all other kingdoms. No matter how, how many changes in government, the kingdom of God will be the final kingdom, will be the only remaining kingdom. And you and I are privileged and called to be part of that kingdom. That is what we are called to do, brothers and sisters, to be the good seed that Jesus has planted in the field, the fields where the world, just like the yeast, we are the good seed that God has planted and God will scatter us everywhere. And don't be afraid because you are sent. You are just like an ambassador. And whenever you and I are sent, we have the power of the kingdom with us. We have the governor of the kingdom, the Holy Spirit with us. We have the word, the constitution of the kingdom, the Bible with us. And we have the anointing of God with us. Jesus is called the Messiah, the anointed king. And you and I are also anointed as rulers on planet earth. Don't listen to what the enemy, the accuser is saying. Don't allow him to get back with you with your past because the past has been forgiven. Your sins can be forgiven. Today, you and I are called to be yeast for Jesus Christ. Powerful Small. Do you know that yeast starts quietly and silently? So you don't have to be loud 
All you have to do is allow your character, allow your behavior, allow your speech, allow your life to begin to reflect and to begin to speak to people. Even as I end here, let me just begin to reveal to you so many things that we may have missed out in the reading of your word. May I challenge you when you read the Gospels again, begin to see the emphasis of our Lord Jesus Christ on the kingdom, on his rule, on his reign, on his power, authority, and calling us back to rulership again. Do you know that Jesus spoke about the church only twice in the gospel? but he spoke about the kingdom so many times in all the four gospels because the kingdom is the end. The church is the means. Sometimes we focus too much on the church, we forget about proclaiming the kingdom. We forget that the purpose of the church is to be an agency to promote, to proclaim, and to advance the kingdom of God. Because at the end of it, we will be co-rulers. We will rule together with our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory in heaven. Jesus began his ministry in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus deliberately proclaimed this message to change our mind. Stop thinking about religion. Religion doesn't help. Religion doesn't feel the emptiness, the void. Religion is always trying to keep us busy, but the kingdom of God keeps us on track, on purpose to what is our original calling, to be rulers, to be kings, to begin to influence and impact the world for our Lord Jesus Christ. And even here in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, we have our mission, your mission, the disciples' mission. As you go, Jesus told the disciples, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near or has arrived. And then again, towards the end of Jesus' ministry, he says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. When will the end come? People are asking, when will the end come? The answer Jesus has given, when we have fully completed preaching the message of the kingdom. Are we preaching another message? That is very important. We don't preach any other thing but the kingdom of God. Jesus preached the kingdom of God. The apostles preached the kingdom of God. Paul preached the kingdom of God. Question for pastors and ministers, evangelists. Are we preaching another gospel? Let's come back to the gospel of the kingdom of God. And what is the Father's desire for you and I? In Luke chapter 12, 32, he says, Do not be afraid, little flocks, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. What is the greatest thing that the Father in heaven wants to give us? The kingdom. And the kingdom is all God, all about God and His rule and His reign and His peace and His realm. Even in our Lord's Prayer or Disciples' Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, He says that our Father in heaven, where is the King? He is in heaven. He says, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come from heaven to earth and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So brothers and sisters, 
earth is your domain, is my domain. This is where we have the power and the authority to rule on behalf of the kingdom of heaven. Don't be in a hurry to go to heaven. Don't pack your bags. Don't be so busy just waiting and doing nothing because we have so much to do on planet earth to be a yeast, to be the good seed that God has called us to be. And the most important command that Jesus mentioned is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This verse speaks about the priority. What should be our preoccupation as kingdom citizens? We should be promoters and ambassadors of the kingdom. That is our priority. Do you know that in Matthew, just before this verse, uh, the Matthew 6.33 is actually a culmination of what we should be occupied instead of worrying. Do you know that when we are preoccupied and busy with the kingdom of God, this is a vaccine to get rid of all worries, all anxieties, all stress in living in this world. God did not create us and put here us here on earth just to work and just to make a living but we are God has placed us here to make a difference in the lives of people that God has surrounded us with so focusing on the kingdom putting the kingdom first is a worry killer if you don't want to have worry in your life Jesus says why worry about what to eat what to drink what to wear your father knows if the father can feed the birds who never sow, who don't, who, who, who don't reap. Are you not and I more valuable to God? If we worry about what to eat, what to wear, what to drink, or our life, can we add one hour? Can it make a difference? No, worry will not make a difference. In fact, it will make us sick. And that's why a lot of people are sick physically, emotionally, mentally because of worry. So the worry vaccine is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God. Put the king first in your life. Obey the king's agenda. Live and serve for the king. That is the most important. So brothers and sisters, even as we pray even right now for each one of you, may I just affirm for you even right now if you think that you are in a religion and not in the kingdom this is a time this is the right moment this is the kairos moment for you to exit the religious group and to join the kingdom group right now because Jesus hates religion because Jesus didn't come to start a religion or the founder of a religion. Jesus came to re-establish the kingdom and to extend the kingdom through you and me. We are yeast. I am a yeast. I am the good seed that Jesus spoke about in the parables. And I am dangerous because of the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and the, all the resources of heaven is with me. Let, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the gospel of the kingdom of heaven that has been reminded, that has been reiterated, that have been re-established right now in the minds 
of your sons and daughters, Lord. May we have a repentant mind even right now, Lord, to put aside, to get ready to cut off religion and to jump into and to rush into the kingdom of God because Jesus has asked us to occupy, to keep busy for the kingdom until He comes. And may we rediscover our original purpose that God has created us and placed us here on planet Earth is to rule on His behalf, is to control on His behalf, is to govern on His behalf, is to influence on, be, on His behalf like a yeast, like the good seed, Lord. And so, Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We just want to bless you, Lord, for all your sons and daughters today, Lord. May they begin to realize that they are all called to be kings, to be rulers on planet Earth, Lord, to reflect, to glorify, to proclaim, and to bring in the culture of the kingdom of heaven to planet earth to wherever god has positioned them has assigned them lord in the home in the neighborhood in the marketplace in the schools in the church in everywhere god has placed us lord that we are called to be influencers impactors yeast and the good seed for our Lord Jesus Christ. May our lives never be the same again, O oh Father God. May we see ourselves the way the King sees ourselves. And may we now rightly call Jesus King of us kings and Lord of the lords of this earth because we are stewards of all that God has for us, Lord. So we just give you thanks, Lord, and bless every household here, Lord, that they will continue to obey the constitution of the kingdom. They will continue to extend the culture of the kingdom. They will continue to influence others for the kingdom. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.